This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, as usual, I want to thank Rabbi Shabtai for giving me the opportunity to learn together with you. This week is Parshas Barshas Vayechi. And of course, there's so many different things to focus on, but my favorite thing to focus on is the the Berchas Habanim, the bracha that we give to our children each and every Friday night. There's so much to unpack, so much to try to understand, uh, whether it be the positioning of uh, Yaakov and having uh, Menashe on his right and Ephraim on his left, but putting his right hand on Ephraim and his right and his left hand on Menashe. Why doesn't he just switch them? The Nitziv has a powerful insight. Or why specifically do we bench, do we bless our children with Ephraim and Menashe? If you think about it, there's so many to bless. You could be like Avram and Yitzchak, Yitzchak and Yaakov, Moshe and Aaron. Why specifically Ephraim and, and Menashe? So what I wanted to discuss today for a few moments is a beautiful Torah of the Slan of Rebbe, as I do every week, in which we can try to understand hopefully a little bit about the machlokas, the dispute that takes place between Yaakov and Yosef. So let's understand what happened over here. And you can look at uh, Os Aleph, page Shin Zayin, the very end of the first Chelek, Sefer Barajas of Nesiva Shalom. And he, uh, he raises the following question. We're not going to read it inside because I want to get to the answer and to develop and understand exactly what the Nekudas HaMachlok is, what the basis for their argument was. But if you understand the story, so here we have Yosef, the favorite child. He's told by his father, he sees his father, is on his deathbed, wants to make sure that he gets a bracha for his two sons. He brings Menashe and Ephraim. He places Menashe on uh, Yaakov's right. He places Ephraim on Yaakov's left. And lo and behold, he sees that Yaakov switches his hands. He puts his right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on Menashe. And immediately, Yosef responds and he says, Lo chenavi, no abba tati, that's not so. Kizabachar. This is the this is the firstborn. You made a mistake. You may not have seen. You put your right hand on the wrong person. It's supposed to go on Menashe. To which Yaakov responds, Vayimain Aviv. He responds. I, I, he refuses. Vayomer Yadati Bini. I know Yadati Gamhu Yelaam. I know that Menashe is also going to be a nation. Vegamhu Yigdal, and he's also going to be great. Veulam, however, Achiv Akatan Yigdal Mimenu. The younger one's going to be greater than the older one. And the seed, the progeny of Ephraim is going to be quite large. What exactly are they arguing over? Is there something that Yaakov was privy to more than just the ability to give a bracha? Is there some philosophical debate that's taking place between Yosef and Yaakov? Yaakov puts his right hand on Ephraim for some reason. Yosef sees something in that that is incompatible with what he believes in and therefore tries to correct his father and his father refuses to do so because he's not willing to accept what exactly is going on over here. So in order to understand what's happening over here, we have to try to take a step back and understand who Menashe and Ephraim are, what their names represent, and it will begin to open our eyes into understanding perhaps what the basis for this debate between Yaakov and Yosef was. So take a look at the second paragraph which begins with the words V'yishlomar. We know that Yosef, as of all the Shiftekad, of all the 12 sons, he was the only one in which his tribe, his Shevet, divides into two. 
That's not something that's the case with any of the other Shvatim. Yosef, who was a complicated uh, biblical personality, was actually divided into two because he represents two different Midos. On the one hand, he's Sur Meirah. On the other hand, he's the Asetov. How do I know? So take a look at the names of Menashe and Ephraim. U Menashe, the name Menashe represents in Yoni Sur Meirah, turning away from the bad, the evil. Right? Hashem saw, he recognized all of my suffering. That's not exactly speaking volumes about the positive experience he had in Mitzrayim. Yet when it came to Ephraim, top of the next column, the Ephraim in Yonah Asetov, Ephraim represents the do good. First I turn away from the evil and then I go and actively do something that's good. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed me to be fruitful in this place of suffering, even in this place, which is filled with negative lusts and desires, he allowed me to be fruitful and multiply to be able to do good. And so Yosef represents the Sur Meirah, but he also has that dimension of the Asetov. And that's symbolic, that's representative of the two names of his sons, Menashe and Ephraim. And with this, with this dichotomy that exists within, internally, of Yosef, expressed by the names of his two sons, perhaps, says the Nesiva Shalom, we can now understand what exactly the Machlokas was all about. Listen to this fascinating play-by-play script that the Nesiva Shalom provides for us in terms of understanding what was happening behind the scenes, what Yaakov and Yosef really meant when they were saying these psukim. Now I can understand... What exactly this conversation that took place between Yaakov and Yosef, let me mishpatik him, which should go first? Right, we know that Yosef brings in his two sons, and uh, Yaakov says, who are these? Mi'ele. Mi'ele, the word, the letters Mi'ele are the osios of Elohim. Mi'ele, if you scramble them up, are the osios of Elohim. We know that Elohim is Midas Hayira. So what was it? When Yaakov was saying the words Mi'ela, he just wasn't simply saying, who are these? He knows, who, he knows who they are. He was saying something much more fundamental, hashkafically. What was he saying? The Yaakov Ra'a, he saw in Menashe and Ephraim, these two sons, he saw that these two sons were serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the lens of Yiras Hashem. Valkain Shah, and therefore he asked, Mi'ela. He asked to Yosef, Who are these guys that are serving Hashem through Yira? Madua Ikavodasim he Bemida Sayira Velomina Sa'ava. Shari Mida Sa'ava he gavoy Yoser. Yaakov asks, Yosef, I don't understand. I know you're presenting me with your two sons, but I can see that your two sons are serving a Kurdish Baruch through the lens, through the prism, through the platform of Yira. And I want to know why. Why aren't they serving? They're very from people. Look what you were able to accomplish despite being surrounded by all the negative influences. Why aren't they serving a Kaddish Baruch on the higher level of Ava? Why are they only doing it with Mi'ela Elohim with Yira? V'alzeh, Heishev Yosef, to which Yosef responds, Banai Heim, these children, Asher Nasan Li Elohim, that Hashem gave to me, Bazeh Ha'inu She'ozim Jim Noldu V'nim Tzom B'Mitzrayim, She'arts Tamea. Hare Bechtei Shel Yishbu V'yichash Lame Hashpas Ma'akum Tamei Kazeh, so Yosef responds, you know who these people are? These are my sons that I raised in Mitzrayim. 
that I raised in the exile, that I raised in a community, in a culture that is known to be the most morally and, uh, and ethically debased and, and completely fundamentally against everything we believe in. And so therefore, for me to ensure that they would be of the Hashem, we needed to remind them on a constant basis as they were growing up, that there's din, there's rule, there's law, there's judgment, there's there's reward and punishment, there's a dayan. I had to inculcate into my children. I had to indoctrinate into my children so as to ensure that they would stay the path that they needed to realize there are going to be severe consequences to your actions if you don't follow the Torah Kedosha. Ava, says Yosef, wouldn't have worked here. Only Yira would have worked. Yaakov says, Mi Eile. Yosef seems to give a very legitimate response. In order to connect, right, as the Pasuk says, A woman of valor, a woman who we recite in the Yish, a fear of Hashem should be praiseworthy. To be able to combat, to be able to withstand those desires, the only way to go about it, the only the antidote, the, the elixir to be able to combat the Yitzhahara, to be able to combat those lusts, those desires that are negative, Hirak, Yiras Hashem. So, so far we understand. Yaakov says, Mi'ele, who are these children? Not Mi'ele, who are they? Of course I know who these children are. Mi'ele, I see in them Elohim, Midas Hayira. Why is it that your two sons are serving Hashem with Yira? To which Yosef responds, what do you mean? I had to read them in Egypt. Ava would not have been successful. They needed to know there was a din, there was a judgment, and they needed to know there was a dayan, that there's a judge. And they needed to know, that if they didn't know that HaKadosh Baruch was watching their every move, they would not be able to stay the course. And so Yosef said, it's true that Ava is a higher level, but this Group of people needed year. My sons needed year in order to ensure that they would stay as from Jews. Good. So far, so good. Yaakov knew what Yosef was going to say. He knew that Yosef was going to provide that alibi, was going to try and defend uh, what his uh, educational model was going to be for his children. Uh, who are going to live in the boondocks. Yet, Ella, Heyoso, Shemidoso, Yaakov, Midas, Tiferes, Hitorah, we know that Yaakov's Midas, Torah, Titanemes, Yaakov, that Torah, Nikras, Emes, right? Yaakov's Midas, Torah, was Emes, and Torah is synonymous with Emes. Torah, the Yaakov, Torah is Yaakov. Ubekoach, Torah, Efshar, Lavores, Hashem, Isparach, Gab, Midas, Ava, Philo, Bimitzrayim. Yaakov responds, Yaakov, whose whole uh, identity is Emes, whose whole identity is Tiferes, whose whole identity is Torah, wants to respond back to Yosef, I understand what you're saying. But with Torah and the power of Torah, you don't just have to resort to Yira. You can also integrate Ava into the way you raised your children. You didn't have to, I understand Yira needed to be part of it, but they didn't need to be mutually exclusive. You didn't just need to scare and intimidate them to ensure that they would stay the course to maintain and, and, and continue to observe and be Shomrei Torah Mitzvos. Ava can also be part of the equation and Ava needs to be part of the equation. And he provides all these proofs. We know that Torah includes both Ava and Yira. How do I know? So on the one hand, 
We know that the Torah, the Torah is described with fire. The Eishmerabi's lamidas ha'yira, and fire generally is a more intimidating type of image, and so therefore it represents yira. But we also know that Torah is representative of water. Heavy Anybody that's thirsty goes and drinks, says Yeshaya. We know that Mayim is really what Torah is all about. Umayim, being able to provide, to quench our thirst. That is something that demonstrates the Asay Tov. It's not the Sur Meirah. So Yaakov responds back to Yosef and says, wait a second, I understand that Yira has to be part of the equation. But why are you excluding Ava? Why can't you also share with your children how much Hashem loves them? Why is it that you're only intimidating them? Why are you only telling them that there's a din and a dayan? Why not tell them about the Avas Hashem and then how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves them? And listen to how he closes this up. It's so unbelievable now with all of this as a backdrop. Now you can understand the basis for the machlokas between Yaakov and Yosef. Let's remember, Yaakov switches and puts his right hand on Ephraim. Yosef says, no, you got the wrong son. It's Menashe. What's the Nekudas HaMachlokes? What is the fundamental kernel that they are disputing? So listen carefully to what he says. Unbelievable. Look at the last paragraph of Os Aleph Pechin Ches, right-hand column. Why was Yaakov so insistent on putting his right hand on Ephraim? Ephraim and Menashe represented Yira and Ahava. As we explained earlier, Menashe is representative of the Yira Hashem, the Sur Meirah, the turning away from evil, understanding there's a din and a dayan, a judge and a judgment. So what's going on over here? So listen to this unbelievable insight of the Nesiva Shalom. Yosef puts Menashe on Yaakov's right. Menashe represents Yira. That's all these kids know. And that's the only thing Yosef knew for the last several years of his life because that's been his life raft. That's been the reason he's been able to stay on the derech and to raise a from family. He puts Ephraim who's Ahava on the left because that was secondary. That was not something that he wanted to accentuate it wasn't something they wanted to focus on. Yaakov sees this and he says, not so fast, Yosef. I understand you have to have Yira as a component, but why are you excluding Ava? Look what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my right hand on Ephraim, which represents Ava. What does Yosef respond back? I'm so sorry, Abba, but you don't know what it's like here in Mitzrayim. The way to ensure that our kids stay from is knowing there's a din and a dayan. There's a judgment and there's a judge. Knowing that there's a bori olam who's going to who evaluate and assess all of our actions and our behaviors. You got to make sure to bless Menashe who's Yira over Ephraim who's Ava. To which Yaakov finally responds with a conclusionary uh, communication. Not so fans. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying not just to bench Ephraim over Menashe. I'm trying to teach you and anybody that reads the Torah that while we definitely need Yira to be part of the equation, we cannot negate nor can we exclude Ava. And so therefore I'm going to put my hand on Ephraim so that everybody realizes that while you may have needed Yira to combat every of the, those negative influences surrounding you, you can't exclude the Ava Hashem. And so therefore, he refuses to accept that which Yosef tries to impose on him, but rather communicates to Yosef and to everybody that's reading the narrative that Avas Hashem needs to be part of the conversation. 
This is an unbelievable insight because I think oftentimes we are conditioned, certainly when we're younger and we're raising families and we have this imagery of how we want our families to turn out, that we tell them, listen, there's HaKadosh Baruch we got to keep the mitzvahs, we can't do the Averas, blah, 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 blah. But we forget to talk about Hashem. We talk about the mitzvahs. We talk about what we're going to do if we get credit for the mitzvahs. We talk about making sure to get a place in the world to come. We talk about making sure not to do the Aver so that we don't get the punishments. We talk about making sure that we're zochet to have tchiyas amesim. How often do we talk about the fact that Hashem loves you? How many of us put our kids to bed at night and tell our kids, Hashem loves you? How often when we talk about Hashem, do we talk about the fact that he's done something amazing for us today? Instead, do we fetch about what didn't go right for us today? What Yaakov Avinu was insisting and was not willing to accept of Yosef was that he did not want any of his descendants to ever think that it's only about Yira. There has to be, I love Hashem and Hashem loves me. And I think that as we close up Sefer Bracious, we're moving on to Sefer Shemos. I actually would add perhaps that Yaakov wanted his sons to uh, understand this message as we're about to endure Shibud Mitzrayim to understand that even with all the trials and tribulations that Kalal Yisrael was going to have to confront to remind themselves as they get into this episode that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you for good or for not so good, at least the way we perceive it. I believe perhaps maybe even based on this Nesiva Shalom, Yaakov needed his entire family to adopt this message and pass it on to their kids and their grandchildren in order to make sure that they would survive during the challenging times of Mitzrayim. But it's important that we take away from this message and from Sefer Bereshis how lucky we are to be Jewish, how lucky we are we have the Torah, and most importantly that we convey to all of those around us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you. Have a great day.